You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! everybody, it's another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's all-encompassing Marvel podcast. And, uh, yeah, I was actually hoping that Aaron would have taken us up on the offer to join us, because then we could have been Team AAA, but I guess we're just <laughs> Team AA today. Uh, it's Anthony Lewis here, and Aurora, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Man, I'm doing I'm doing great, but you're in Indiana, so I'm, I'm guessing it's good, yeah. but with a twinge of sarcasm. <laughs> like, I'm doing good. For being in Indiana. <laughs> yes. I, I will say strong sarcasm, not deception. <laughs> yeah, there is there is almost like a... You said good, but I could hear a tiny bit of sadness <laughs> from uh, Indiana dripping out. But Well, you know, at least now the weather is good. So it's not... Yes. Necessary. We've had but the... At least that's tolerable. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, had the, we've had our grill going like uh, three or four days this week, so... Um, yeah, it, it hasn't been, t- today was like the first day where it was actually like, I can open the windows and it doesn't get cold after six or seven hours. Like it's, right. the, the temperature has stayed, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that is what everybody who has paid $12 for 365 days worth of podcasts <laughs> have tuned in to hear, not Daredevil, <laughs> weather. Hey, it affects us all. So, yeah. oh, it sure does. <laughs> it even—I bet it even affects Matt Murdock as well in, <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. It probably does. I mean, he needs—he needs it to rain. So, yeah, there you go. I'm sure that helps quite a bit. Uh, what a horrible segue. That's uh, that's us. <laughs> that's us letting you know that uh, we're going to start talking about Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, all 13 episodes are currently available because that's how Netflix rolls. And uh, I have decided to go the painstaking route of only watching two episodes at a time for the sake of this podcast. And I'm telling you, after the second episode, I was dying to just hit that play button because it was just there. And, And Netflix is so cruel because not only do they just place the next episode there for you to watch, they give you like a countdown for you to decide yeah. whether or not you're going to watch the episode. And not only that, you get like the little synopsis of what the next episode is going to be about. Yes, and then you read but... it, and then you... <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's terrible. I, I do like that they have... Because um, I was telling you before we started, I've been watching MASH on a crazy mm-hmm. on a crazy clip. I'm, I started uh, about two or three weeks ago, and I've watched maybe four or five seasons. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of this show... And I've noticed that if you start watching enough episodes in a row, 
next to the um, and maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but next to like the uh, after your episode's completed and it shows you the next episode and is giving you a countdown. Every mm-hmm. now and again, there will be a little another screen right next to it that gives you like reminders, like "Hey, don't forget to go to work. Don't forget to take a shower." Like what? stuff like that. Yes, there are like little videos that if you highlight those and play them instead, it will be like a little video on Netflix with somebody telling you how important it is to remember really? to shout. Yes, or go to your job. <laughs> They're really I adorable. Thought, I thought that message that they play when you like watch like, I don't know, like five episodes in a row and they say, are you still watching? Oh, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. enough for me to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Netflix is like, hey, did you fall asleep? Are you still alive? Like, just <laughs> yeah. checking. We feel like you've watched too much television. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, many of the great things about Netflix. Um, but <laughs> this is the first time I've ever done this with a with a show on Netflix like this because every uh, the other original series I've watched like uh, House of Cards or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or uh, uh, Orange Is the New Black those shows I just burn through them as quickly oh, as yeah. possible and then regret having done so. <laughs> Maybe I'll feel differently. I have not tried this with a show before. I'm just doing two episodes at a time. Um, you're you're saying I I didn't make you feel bad, but I'm pretty sure I did no, no, no. you into stop watching after five episodes. Oh no no, it's fine because I I, <laughs> I watched the first two episodes again and I yep. was able to understand some things better and catch some things that I didn't catch at the first time. So I think it's good. Okay, okay. so yeah. uh, we're we're gonna kick it off with the first episode. So season one, episode one of Daredevil. It's called Into the Ring. Here is the very short synopsis, and then we will get into the episode talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it begins with uh, Matt. Well, the, I, you know, the first thing the synopsis does is does not cover the first thing we see actually, which is uh, we should probably mention this because it's important since it's the whole impetus of Daredevil becoming Daredevil. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a flashback of Matt Murdock's father who is running through a bunch of screaming people and flaming wreckage and smoke and cars. There has been some sort of car accident that his son was involved in uh, a young little Matt Murdock. Apparently he had saved an, an elderly gentleman's life. He'd shoved him out of the right. way of a car or something. And uh, of course, one of these vehicles containing some sort of volatile chemical that had spilled right. and got into poor Matt's eyes and it blinded him um and throughout the course of the episode there's there's various flashbacks as well that kind of signify that he notices a lot of his other senses are being heightened especially right. especially his hearing at first it seems like um so this is the synopsis per wikipedia because that's mm-hmm. how professional we are here <laughs> uh, matt murdock begins his vigilante career and opens a law firm with his friend foggy nelson their first client is karen page a secretary for a construction company union allied who has been framed for the murder of her co-worker after accidentally uncovering a massive pension embezzlement scheme murdoch mm-hmm. prevents page from being prosecuted and protects her from an assassin hired to retrieve her copy of the file which is exposed through a local newspaper wesley covers up the involvement of his employer wilson fisk in the scandal while russian uh, the russian mafia arranges uh, for a young boy's kidnapping to lure Murdoch into a trap. Uh, Page, Karen Page, afterwards volunteers to work for Murdoch and Nelson 
in gratitude for their help. Uh, so I am going to, I'm going to turn it over to you because I'm hoping you're going to help jog my memory because it's been several months. <laughs> uh, what, what were your impressions on the first episode into the ring? I thought it was great. I, I thought that for our first episode, you know, usually in a series, the first episode is just for setting up characters and setting up the story. And I think that they did it in a great way that it wasn't boring. Yes. Or it, it wasn't, uh, you know, just mentioning characters and what they are and that's it. You know, everybody had a purpose. Everybody had, everybody was interesting in a way. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was great. And I, I liked how in the it started with the accident. It was right in your face. This was This is what happened. Mm-hmm. And now we all know that that's how he became blind and we can move on. Yeah, I mean, there was some talk that Marvel was kind of wary of the origin story type thing. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it felt really evident right here because they had to give you a bit of an origin, but they did not spend a half an hour setting up how right. little Matt Murdock became Daredevil. It was just like, here's how it happened. And it joined, like, you join him, he is already Daredevil. He is already dressing right. up. And the the first thing he does is he visits this uh, priest to mm-hmm. do uh, to do a confession. And the, I'm telling you, Aurora, the, the strength of this priest to sit here and listen to Matt Murdock talk about his dad. Like, I'm sure the priest yeah. is waiting for like, Hey, wh- wh- what, what did you do wrong? Yeah, what is your sin? <laughs> what are you, what are you confessing to me? Because he was just talking and talking. It was a great story. Yeah. It was a great monologue. Uh, it was, I, I have, I have, I have to be honest. That was my favorite scene of the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really liked it. I liked the way it was shot and everything, but um, it's one of those, it it was kind of cliched, but I was okay with it given uh, how they handled what happened next. But, you know, it was like uh, the very cliched line of like, you know, I'm not here to tell you what I've done. It's about uh, what I'm going to do. Uh, And the priest's like, I don't think you know how confessions work. (laughs) and uh, they I also I, said something about uh, Matt Murdock said something like Jesus and they said something else. And the priest is like language. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, he was just I think he said something like Jesus. He could take a punch and he's like language. Right, right, right. That was it. Yeah. Um, so the first the first thing we get to see action wise out of uh, Daredevil is he's busting up what looks like a sex trafficking operation yeah. mm-hmm. where it's these scumbags have these poor young women and they're I think trying to stick them into like a crate or something like that yeah and he it it kind of reminded me a little bit of that scene from uh Batman Begins a little bit um I it didn't really strike me at first but that that scene where like with all the shipping containers and things like that and guys are looking all over the place for him and he just drops down and beats the crap out of him it was Mm -hmm. very it was very much like that but I I love the way they handled everything like uh yeah i love um his black ninja suit oh that was great, um, right i mean it's I, I, it is my it is my understanding that it's kind of like a reference to frank miller mm-hmm. is it I th- I um, maybe yeah um but i love how it was portrayed you know he, the, it's covering his eyes and he's just kicking ass Right. Um, and I also like the fact that in the fight scenes, not only this one, but you can see it throughout the episode, that throughout episode two, that he fights, but he gets beat too. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. You can see that he's a he's human. He's not a superhuman. Right. He's human, and he can bleed, and he can uh, right. get knocked down too. So. I mean, he has. I mean, he has superhuman senses, but it's right. it's made also evident that he can be caught off guard. I, they, I mean, I really like how they focused on that. Like when a guy cocked his pistol, like they right. really focused on the sound of the pistol, and he heard mm-hmm. that, so he knows. Not only does he know a guy has a gun, he knows that the guy mm-hmm. is loading the gun. Based off of the sound, right. he knows where he's standing, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. So he, you know, can avoid being shot. Things like that are really great. Um, yeah, we we meet uh, Karen Page, and yeah. I think the first time we see her, it's her kneeling over this this guy who is dead with all these stab wounds, and she's holding yep. a knife. And I'm like, boy, it's not really looking good for her. I, I do not know. Actually, I should have asked you this. How much do you know about Daredevil? Like, how much did you know going into it? Because I know, I know a little bit. I don't know like the specific I, details of the comics, but I know the stories and I know, the, I know a little bit. The yeah. max I knew was the half of the Ben Affleck movie that I watched. <laughs> the most That's cool. not a good reference. <laughs> no. Uh, Aaron, uh, however, if Aaron was here, he would, of course, make the point that the director's cut of that movie is, in fact, very good, and that I should watch it uh, because yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen the director's cut, but I've heard that before that that is better. Um, yeah. I I did notice uh, the other day when going through movies because I was renting some movies on the PlayStation Store, and they have the director's cut of Daredevil. Oh, really? In the PlayStation Store for rental, and I was very tempted to rent it, uh, but I rented Interstellar instead, and it was probably better than the director's cut of Daredevil. <laughs> um, back to the back to the show. Um, so yeah, they they meet. Uh, so Foggy and Matt Murdock meet with mm-hmm. with Karen, who has been incarcerated. I thought uh, that was great the way that they introduced that character with her just leaning over the body with the bloody knife. I thought that was amazing, an amazing way of introducing her. Yeah, it was definitely not normal. Uh, and, and of course, and like I said, I'm guessing she is probably the secretary to their their little law firm thingy in the comics. Right. right. I, I had no idea. Yeah. So I was just like, boy, this person is going to be really guilty. But the when I when I realized when they were doing the setup and Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson were like, uh, "Hey, you're our you're our first client," <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and and then it it hit me like I remembered like he's. Matt Murdock's kind of like a human lie detector. He can, mm-hmm. if somebody's saying stuff, he can listen to like her heartbeat and yeah. it's like he can take her vitals and stuff and he can just tell if she's being truthful or not. And yeah, and I love how the, those scenes are shot. I don't know if you noticed that every time he's listening to someone's heartbeat, mm-hmm. you can see that person's reflection in his sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that setup. It's, it looks so great. Yeah, that's a, it's, oh. it's a great shot. And I thought maybe they had done some like vibration, some slight vibration or something like that as well to kind of give you the vibe of his concentration or something where he's really zeroing in on, on mm-hmm. something. I thought maybe there was some of that. I could have been wrong though. Um, the uh, uh, so of course they uh, they exonerate her and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, we we get like the tiniest mention of of kingpin who is wilson fisk i believe right right uh, um only the tiniest little mention uh and the, the end there's like this montage i guess that sort of uh which i thought was just some sort of generic musical montage but a lot of the events in there sort of set up the stuff that would happen in this right. episode especially the the russian mafia people 
uh, capturing the young child to sort of lure uh, Daredevil uh, in, into a trap. Um, was yeah. there? So okay, you already mentioned the you already mentioned the scene with the the priest. Was there anything else that really stuck out to you, or uh, or in particular uh, performance or anything like that that really uh, stuck out to you? Um, I like, you know, that scene where they're um, with the real estate a- real estate agent and they're looking at the office that they will be occupying. Yes. yes. Um, I thought that it was cool that they, you know, that the real estate agent mentions the incident and saying that, you know, hell, I think r- rained hell from the sky or something like that. And she's referencing to the Avengers. Yep. A movie. And I thought that was awesome how they merged it. it they were they weren't obvious about it. Right. But if you are like a Marvel fan or a fan of the movies, you will pick up on it. Yeah, the impact um, on New York, yeah. So I thought that was cool that they found a way to merge those two. I think there's yeah. probably less subtle references later. Because I remember seeing some trailers where there's a couple of really less subtle references. Like something about like, unless you have like an iron suit or a magic hammer or something like that. Like that's right, just, right. They just flat out. they they did that in agents of shield as well in the first season a couple of times they just flat out made some references to uh to the avengers but but uh, they also make it seem that you know that this company union alley is it um they are yeah they are um profiting from the destruction that was caused by the avengers that's right so i thought that was also cool that in a way superheroes are actually benefiting Criminals, mm-hmm. so that was cool too. I mean, yeah, really yeah. interesting twist, and they, I mean, because they've got to, they've got to find ways to make it, you know, because like after something like that, I mean, aliens came out of a space vortex in the Avengers, <laughs> and they've got to find a way to, you know, make it so just like, you know, I guess just run of the mill criminals can mm-hmm. still be run of the mill criminals and have some power and influence. Um, And that they're taking advantage, you know, I I think it's a really good, it's a brilliant storytelling device. Um, Yeah, uh, for me, I I guess for me, the thing that, uh, and this is the problem with with watching ahead, because we are covering two episodes here, but Mm -hmm. um, I guess it it plays more into the second episode. But for me, I just love the fight choreography and how they shoot things. But like that, like I, I was kind of impressed in, with it in the first episode. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. But then by the time yeah, the second well, episode the rolled episode around, takes it to another level. That yeah. was insane. It was, it was <laughs> truly, truly fantastic. Um, so before we move on to the second episode, this is a thing we do. Usually uh, we give the episodes our, our personal one out of five on the, uh, we don't use stars, I guess. Cause you know, pfft, that's 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 so Roger Ebert. Uh, we we <laughs> we use geeky glasses. Uh, so a one one out of five, Aurora. What do you what did you think of the first episode? Oh man. Yeah, I know it's, it's it's never easy to do. It's, it's tough for me because for me the second episode is five. So if I'm gonna give the second episode five, I need to give this one a lower score so that the second episode <laughs> <laughs> makes sense that I'm giving it five. So I'm gonna give this four point nine. Okay. Wow. Oh, you're going like to the decimal points and stuff. Wow. You're. Um, I, I bet Aaron probably would have been right there with you. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. I'm gonna give it like a four and a half, like a really solid okay. four and a half. Uh, okay. It was a very good introduction, and like you said, sometimes uh, I mean, you know, and it did. It introduced people. It showed us their role. I mean, Foggy Nelson is 
uh, Matt Murdock's friend and partner, but he's also a lot of the comic relief as well, obviously. So he's going to be, um, and, and there was some funny moments between the two of them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was some back and forth about how he always ends up with like, uh, even though he's blind, he always ends up with these beautiful women, but they're always trouble, uh, things like that. Um, but yeah, a a really solid four and a half. There's, it's definitely difficult. I, I can think of a couple of shows that left immediate impressions on me after yeah. the first episode, like lost the first episode of lost really left an impression on me where it's just like, I mm-hmm. have to watch more of this show. Uh, it wasn't like a, well, you know, it was fun. I'll give it a chance. It was like, give me more of this right now. Um, right. Deep space nine. The first episode of that was mm-hmm. another one of those where I'm just like, I, I have to see more of this. It, you right. know, it was, uh, and, and this was close to that. It wasn't, it wasn't quite that, but it was, it was definitely close to that. And like we have mentioned before, Netflix makes it very easy to do that if you want to. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the, the actors that are portraying these characters are all great. Oh, I think yes. that the, the choice of Charles Cox, is that his name? Yeah. Charlie Cox is the, uh, um, is Matt Murdock. Yeah. He, I think he's a great daredevil. Oh, oh I, absolutely. Yeah. He was great. And, uh, the actress that's playing Karen Page, she's a great actress too. Uh, yeah, Deborah Ann plays. All, all those moments where she was crying or stressed out, you actually believed it and you actually felt stressed out too because she did it so well. Uh, she so, was on. Uh, she was on True Blood, I believe. True Blood, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Deborah Ann. Uh, and uh, we haven't gotten. We have. We haven't reached uh, Vincent D'Onofrio yet, uh, but he is. I mean, I already know he's really good. Um, mm-hmm. people are telling me he's really good in this show, but I wouldn't know yeah. that yet because for some crazy reason, <laughs> I'm forcing myself to not watch all the episodes. Um, all right, let us, um, let us move into the second episode, season one, episode two of Marvel's Daredevil called Cut Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the synopsis. Uh, After being lured into a trap by the Russians, a severely injured Matt Murdock is found by a nurse by the name of Claire Temple, who I believe is played by Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Um, She tends to, well, she doesn't find him. I believe it's a a kid who lives like a floor above her in 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 an apartment above her or whatever finds him, but takes him to her. Um, And she tends to his wounds. Uh, one of the Russians locates them, but Matt Murdock is able to overpower him and then on the rooftop, torture him into revealing the boy's location. He then infiltrates the building, fighting off the rest of the gang, rescues the boy. Uh, and uh, elsewhere, uh, we've got, um, I think it's Foggy Nelson and, and Karen Page. Uh, he comforts her in the wake of her traumatic experience. And by comforts her, I mean they get Shit-faced. They drink a lot of alcohol. Bar hopping. Yes. (laughs) Comfort. For some people, that is comfort, I guess. Um, It's not not my particular brand of comfort, but I I, I guess I can... uh, They they were very subtle when they said comfort. And it's like, well, they they drink a lot of booze. Um, That's a really short synopsis, but really, that was the episode. But that synopsis uh, has something wrong, because... Matt Murdock doesn't overpower the Russian guy. He throws a fire extinguisher to his You head. know, but that's true. He doesn't really overpower him at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't call that overpowering. No, so. he dropped a very heavy object from very high up onto his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that is not overpowering at all. Um, 
I'm 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 gonna get the ball rolling here on 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 Cutman because mm-hmm. there was a couple of things that I really loved. Uh, now, while he is not a superhuman per se, we have mentioned the whole the super senses and stuff, mm-hmm. which I guess you could make an argument is superhuman, especially some of the stuff he did in this episode. So yeah. we uh, we start with him very badly injured. Like he went after, it's clear like something happened in between the first episode and the second episode where he goes after this kid and the trap that they set for him works and they nearly kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he barely escapes with his life. And uh, he's like, uh, I, Claire Temple is like, you are the worst superhero. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, you just caught me on a bad. This is like an off day from you caught me on a bad day. Uh, yeah. Trust me, I'm better than this. And where she really starts freaking out is when this Russian guy shows up because he shows up as a police officer, a detective. Mm-hmm. And he is like, there is somebody going door to door in the apartment. Uh, he's three floors down. And yeah. she's and like wearing like a strong cologne. Or yes, something. yes. He's like, and he smells like, and then he very articulately uh, describes how this guy smells. And he's like, you can mm-hmm. smell him from three floors down. And it's like uh, he says some funny line about like, oh, it won't be too long. You'll be able to smell it too. It's like he the really thing it was a good smell. I mean, can he smell someone that smells bad? I guess. Like, what a horrible <laughs> curse that must be. I'm, I'm wondering if he can. I wonder if he's just got like some mental walls that he can put up where if he smells something horrible, he can like block it out or something. I mean, if he can smell the cologne of someone three stories down, can he smell if someone farts three stories down? God, that would be the worst. Could you, I mean, (laughs) I mean, could you imagine? Uh, I I, I would have to presume that it's a bit like, I, I want, I would, I would, I guess I would hinder to guess that it would be like a like a fog like it's like it's static right. background noise <laughs> and if he focuses on something if he Probably, catches like yeah. a if he catches like the tiniest hint of something he can focus yeah. in on it and then it becomes enlarged uh to you can kind of you can kind of see that in the um at the end in the first episode when he when he's in the rooftop and he's like listening to a lot of things and he zones in on the kid oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's right so yeah um, I, I, I forgot about that. Maybe, maybe I was pulling from that subconsciously, or maybe I was just really good at guessing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that is exactly what happens. Um, so yeah, there, you're right. He does not overpower. I mean, he can barely walk, but yeah. the, the guy is running down the steps because I think he realizes that mm-hmm. Matt Murdock is there. Right. So, right. uh, he's got the hint. Um, so he just uses the hearing to kind of just gauge where he's at and picks up this uh, fire extinguisher and then just at the right moment drops it and yeah. they collide. Um, and yeah, there's this whole great scene on the rooftop mm-hmm. where it is actually pretty gory uh, by Marvel yeah. standards. It is. Yeah. Um, even, even Claire Temple, who is a nurse is uh, in an, in a, in an attempt to get this guy to talk, she's like, well, here's where you can stick this knife by his eye socket. He'll talk. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that was, you know, pretty violent. Uh, And uh, he threatens to throw him off a roof and eventually he talks and then he throws him off the roof anyway. But uh, I guess he lands in a dumpster where he will most likely survive, at least according to Matt Murdock, he'll be okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then the thing that just stole this whole show for me was, when he goes to rescue the boy and 
they show you these rooms where all these Russian guys are, and then he just shows up, and it. I know it was not one take, but they shot it like it was one take. And he wasn't? I thought he was. I think there was at least one moment where the camera kind of zooms around a little bit where they may have made a cut. Um, but it, even if it even if it was not one take, they were very long takes. So yeah. even if it was like two takes or three, they were very long takes. Like the mm-hmm. camera would just sit there. The camera would not go into rooms. It would just it was almost stationary in the hallway at times. Yeah. And these guys would just come out of rooms and he would fight them off. And sometimes they would go into rooms and things would crash and smash and dudes would come flying out. But the, ca- the I think he, he threw out like a microwave or something. <laughs> yeah, some microwave went flying. <laughs> a door went flying. Some dudes went yeah. through a door. Um, he got he got his butt kicked quite a bit, and then he would yeah. come back. Um, it was great. And then he went in and rescued the kid, and yeah. that was that. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness Foggy and, and Karen were drunk this whole time because <laughs> they were looking, they had no idea where he was. They had not heard from him for a while. And it's a mm-hmm. good thing they were completely wasted because otherwise they would have been terrified that their friend yeah. had really been killed and then uh, in an extremely wounded state decided to go and fight these guys anyway. Right. Uh, so it's a good thing they had no clue that any of this was going on. Uh, what, what did you think of Cutman? Um, I thought it was. Uh, let me see how I put it. You know, if I I feel if this episode, aside from the final scene, mm-hmm. if this episode was in on TV, not on Netflix, yeah. but on TV, yeah. I think it would have been um, been rated differently, because I they, they spent a long time, you know, with him and and Claire talking, and there were a lot of flashbacks of um, when he was a kid, and he, they kind of. Uh, gave us the story of his dad and how he died and all that. And that was all interesting, but I feel like if it was in, on TV, people would get bored and change the channel. Since it was on Netflix, we are excited to see it. So we actually absorb the story and we want to see what happens. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's definitely some stuff that happened in this episode that they probably wouldn't have put like on ABC. Right. Uh, had this been like an ABC program, right. um, you know, maybe if it was like an AMC show or FX or maybe, something, right. something, something where they or you know, something where they push the boundaries a little bit more. And right. I'm not saying this was right. like horrifically violent, but, you know, that scene where oh. he pushes that knife into that guy's eye is pretty gruesome for Marvel. Um, yeah. yeah, that's something you don't even really see in the movies, really. And it's uh, really weird to see like when he uh has the guy over the rooftop and he's about to, he's like threatening to release him. He says, I enjoy this or yeah. something like that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. throwing you off the rooftop. And I thought that was like very dark. Too. Yeah. yeah. Cause this <laughs> thing was something like, that you don't always see from superheroes in Marvel movies. That's right. So, I mean, his thing was like, you know, I'm not just doing this for the kid. I'm doing it cause I like right. it. And then right. afterwards, Claire is like, you gotta, she's like, look, I, I don't know you, but I, I've been around you enough to, it's like, you know, you didn't mean what you said. You, you mm-hmm. don't like this. Like she thought maybe it was a, you know, a tactic or something to frighten, right. frighten the thug or whatever. Um, but he's definitely a little darker 
than some of the other characters we have met in the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do the scores for this episode, and you've already kind of spoiled what your score is going to be, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we'll go through it anyway for the sake of ceremony. Um, I have pulled up at least something here. There's been four notes of trivia from the first episode, one mm-hmm. of which one of which you've noted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Susan, uh, this is the one that you did mention. Susan Harris makes mention of the incident which devastated right. Midtown New York, which would also include Hell's Kitchen. So Hell's Kitchen was right in the middle of all this stuff mm-hmm. when it happened. This was an obvious reference to Loki's Chitauri invasion as mm-hmm. depicted in the Avengers. Um, the other one is the one that I noticed. The second one is the one I noticed. The other two I had no idea of because they're super deep. Um, they never tell you what it is that blinds little Matt Murdock, but there is stuff on the barrel and most of it seemed gibberishy to me, but uh, they had a serial number with a bunch of X's, but the numbers were 0464. And in reading up on uh, Daredevil long before this uh, series started, I went and read about like the comics, and I tried to catch up on it a little bit so I knew some stuff going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 1964 is when the first episode, or the first volume of Daredevil was published, so... I'm guessing oh. that was a nod. Knowing Marvel, I'm sure that was a nod. The 0464 was probably okay. a nod to when the first Daredevil was published. Uh, they have a couple of other ones here that I wish Aaron were here for because he might know more about it. Um, but there is a sign that can clearly be seen uh, ben- um, beneath a, a paper plaque, I'm guessing, on their office. Because uh, when they, I think their office, they just have their name written on a piece of paper or yeah, something yeah. like that. and. The real estate company is called Van Lunt Real Estate, which is a nod apparently to supervillain Cornelius Van Lunt, uh, the leader of Zodiac, apparently, in the books. So uh, there is something. And um, uh, Madame Gao's drugs uh, that are also in the first episode have a symbol on them that is identical to that of Steel Serpent, which is also... Uh, in uh, in reference to the the comics as well, so um, that might be references to things that happen later on in the series. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it mm-hmm. might be. It may just be. Sometimes Marvel just references things to reference them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard. It's it is in fact hard to tell sometimes. I'm sure there is a whole laundry list of stuff they have referenced that they're never going to do anything else with. Uh, I'm relatively certain that the Howard the Duck appearance at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy is not a sign of a Howard the Duck movie, but it might show I up really in like... I really hope that. I really hope that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, really? Because when we watched it, Jen was like, I hope they do a Howard the Duck movie. And I'm like, they've already done one. Just go watch that. I think that just the one that they did is enough. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to say... You try to say that as like nicely as possible. You're like... Ah, I, but underneath, they can just be like... Please don't make another Howard the Duck movie. Um, I'm I'm sure there will probably be, like, in the Guardians movies, I'm sure there will be, like, little Howard the Duck cameos. I'm sure they'll throw something in there. But um, I doubt we'll see a Howard the Duck storyline, let alone a feature film again. Um, So, anyway, uh, we've spoiled it already, but uh, what would you grade Cutman? Five. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we, we, we kind of already bear the lead on that already so it's all right um everything in that episode was great just the the end scene the fight scene was amazing but i love the backstory with the dad that was also great so 
Um, yeah, they, they did a lot of. They, yeah, they did a lot. The the oh, we completely glossed over the flashbacks with his dad getting to do yeah. more fight, and they want his dad to throw the fight. Um, and mm-hmm. they uh, unfortunately, they also kind of do. I mean, if you've seen enough television shows or anything, you've kind of seen this cliche, like this exact mm-hmm. story of the boxer who's like. You know, hey, we want you to you get to fight. It's a big payday. We want you to throw it. We want you to go down in the fifth or whatever it was in this case. And he's like, I don't think I really should. I've got this kid. He kind of looks up to me and like, think of the money. It's like your kid needs yeah. to eat. And they're like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then he has a conversation. I mean, in this case, Matt Murdock heard everything. Mm-hmm. So he knew what his dad was already planning to do. Um, but they have the conversation where the kid says something that makes the dad think twice. And then he goes in there and doesn't throw the fight. And instead he's like, Hey, put all the money on me to win. And he goes in right. there and he wins. Um, and, uh, he leaves terrified. He gets the money sent in his son's name instead of his own. And the next time young Matt Murdoch sees his father, he has been gunned down mm-hmm. presumably by the gangsters who were, uh, hoping uh, that he was going to take this dive. So yeah, I completely forgot about that. That was a great yeah. backstory as well. It's like, yes, I've seen that story yeah. a, a bunch of times, but... But I like the idea was... of when we're going back in time where he was little, he was the motivation for his dad to yes. do things. And now that he's an adult, his dad is his motivation. Like yep. Every time he falls down or gets knocked down, knocked down, he has a flashback of his dad, and had, that makes him yeah. stand back up and fight. Yeah. So, I mean, she even says, Claire Claire Temple says something along those lines of, like, you know, you can take a hell of a beating, and he's like, mm-hmm. that I got from my dad. Right, right. Um, yeah, great stuff in there as well. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I have to give it a five. I can't give it a, a, a four and a half. Um, it's, it's too good to be a four and a half episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we want to get, if we want to get bonkers, like if I, if I'm not going to do a straight half or whole, uh, point or whatever, you know, I'd maybe lower it to like, f- like four and a quarter, like four, 4.7, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to give it a full five because oh. I, I mean, enjoyed the that, so much. Yeah. That last fight scene deserves a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just loved, I talked about it. I, I love the fight cinematography in the first episode, and they just took it to a different level in the second episode. Like, it was something new. You don't really see them done like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it was, and it was great. I'm sure it was probably just draining physically yeah. for these guys. And I'm sure this was not like a one-take deal either. I'm sure this took a long time for them to, to perfect this. Uh, I can't imagine how much pain and suffering went into getting that to look as good as it did. And yeah. uh, it was great. Uh, so kudos yeah. to them. Uh, they have they have a high bar to climb. Yeah. I mean, I will go as far as to say that for me, that fight scene is one of the best, if not the best, Marvel fight scene ever. Yeah, I mean, and considering... Uh, and I mean, and there's stuff you've got, I've got to put into consideration as well, because there's, there's been... There have been other... There have been other fights that were more of a spectacle mm-hmm. that but i mean they're able to rely on uh epic movie budgets and right. visual effects this was i'm guessing completely 100 percent practical yeah uh just stunts uh just a well choreographed fight scene using no smoke and mirrors really with the exception mm-hmm. of you know like 
not real doors and you mm-hmm. know like people yeah. weren't really being killed other than that just without any frills or anything and it w- it was in fact very great i mean i'm sure yeah. i'm probably going to i'm sure i'm probably going to freak out like a little child watching hulkbuster fight hulk i'm sure <laughs> i'm going to go crazy but as far as like a no frills fight just like a straight up action like a straight up action scene yeah. fight without any without any visual effects or anything it was really great mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm and i'm guessing because this is only the second episode they have better in store for us as we go further in so uh yeah. i'm i'm super excited and drew goddard by the way wrote both of the first two episodes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh if anybody's a fan of his work uh which i am of course um if nobody's watched cabin in the woods yet go watch cabin in the woods oh yeah i love cabin in the woods um <laughs> But yeah, he's he is great. This is he is the showrunner on this uh on this project. So I'm sure he will uh I'm sure he may show up again at some point. I don't think he's writing any more episodes, but I know he's got his hands on it. Um and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to more. So yeah. that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcasters of Shield, but Aurora and I will be back. Perhaps with Aaron, perhaps not. We'll f- it'll <laughs> depend on his. It'll depend on his schedule. Um, but if we can get him in here to drop more Marvel knowledge on our heads, uh, not unlike the fire extinguisher dropped on that poor <laughs> Russian's head, um, we will do so um, at a, at, a, at a time, I guess, which is going to be uh, decided later. We're, we haven't figured out exactly how we're going to handle it. It's it's not going to be a straight up weekly thing. I think if when we find time to do episodes we will do episodes mm-hmm. um so i'm probably gonna go and watch our next two episodes tonight and yeah. then anxiously wait for several days to get to talk <laughs> about them which is probably a bad idea but i uh, look i've already been waiting for days to start these next few episodes so i can't wait any further um all right so uh for uh for aurora and myself we'll be back next time on podcasters of shield talking season one episode three of daredevil rabbit in a snowstorm and season one episode four called in the blood in the blood